0: welcome to this grit and grace life you've got questions we've got answers from the boardroom to the bedroom car lines to college single married or single again we're bringing real answers to help you live and love your grit and grace life
1: welcome to this grit and grace life i'm darlene brock what's up friends i'm julie bender so, Julie, I know your life has taken a lot of turns and changes and oh, as I'll look had at car mine. sick along the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Feels that way sometimes, doesn't it? Totally. Yeah. And I think it's kind of interesting that, you know, a lot of changes in life or unexpected things happen to all different kind of people. And we may be surprised at some of the stories or backstories of some folks you may have heard about. Steven Spielberg's cinematic output has grossed more than $9 billion
0: and brought him three Academy Awards. Whoa! But did you know that he was rejected twice by the University of Southern California's School of Cinematic Arts? As their way of saying, oops, we were wrong about you, they actually
1: built a building in honor of Spielberg. You know, Martha Stewart and Anthony Hopkins dated. No, I didn't know that. Why did I know that? I know. It's kind of a weird thing when you (laughs) think about the two of them. But you know when they broke up, or she broke up with him, after she saw him as Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lamb.
0: Well, I mean, it wasn't an
1: attractive role.
0: I will give her that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, you really do have an inner demon or something, do you not, Anthony? I just wonder if he was glad that he dodged the bullet after she went to prison. I mean, <laughs> I
0: could see that going either way. For sure. Apparently, Lady Gaga was first signed to Def Jam Records, and she was dropped after just three months. The record exec hated the studio
1: recording she produced and dropped her immediately. Oh, she's do you doing think he, all right, though. Yeah, she's doing all right. Do you think he still has a job? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Okay, Dyson Vacuum. Do you have one? I I did have one. I mean, this is awkward. I just
0: replaced it because I didn't want to spend another gajillion dollars for a vacuum that only lasted me three years. But please,
1: tell me about Dyson because he's worth a lot of money. Yeah, he is worth a lot of money. And this may be why it cost a gajillion. is that what you said, dollars? I don't know. That was a lot. Yeah. (laughs) It took 5,126 failed prototypes over 15 years wow. for Sir James Dyson to create this vacuum. So he already invested 15 years in that many prototypes. Dang. I guess he's, he's making it up. I think everyone's familiar with the hit song, I Will Always Love You. But
0: did you know that it was originally written and recorded in 1973 by ahem,
1: Dolly Parton? Uh, actually, I did, but <laughs> you, would, you
0: would know this. Um, yeah. However, it was Whitney that made it a hit later in 1992.
1: Yeah. And Julie, one year, well, this was the year that it was a hit. I went to the Grammys and was boarding a plane back to Nashville and walked by Dolly, who was in first class. Of course, I wasn't because (laughs) I couldn't afford it. But nevertheless, Dolly was sitting in first class and someone had just said, you recorded this before. Are you glad that Whitney did? And her reply was typical Dolly. Oh, honey, of course I am. I made a lot more money this time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think
0: what we can learn from these examples and what we'll ultimately learn from our guests today is sometimes we got to just stop overthinking and recognize that it's better to focus on what to do next instead of worrying about what went wrong in our lives or on our perceived life path. Today, we're going to talk about how
1: to deal with changed plans and how to move on. Our guest today is Christian artist Baylor Wilson, whose first single just happened, debuted in 2021. She's been a country songwriter as well as a contestant on season 29
0: of the hit CBS show Survivor. Baylor is newly married to her husband James and is a proud puppy mom to her great Pyrenees Willow.
1: Welcome Baylor. It's really good to have you at our podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. You know, Julie touched on your story a little bit uh, in the setting up your visit with us, but I would kind of like you to unpack it a little bit. You know, I know you left high school and had some expectations and then life kind of rolled out from there. Can you give us a little bit of that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and I was a competitive cheerleader my entire life. Uh, My mom was the cheer coach, uh, of the the little town I grew up in, in Dallas, the little suburb. Mm -hmm. And so everybody knew her and everybody kind of knew me because I was the coach's kid. Um, and it was, it was my outlet, uh, up until about my junior year of high school, uh, where I picked up a guitar and I started playing guitar pretty much to therapy myself through just life circumstances. And, um, my mom was walking through a divorce around that time and yeah, I was, 17 or 16 years old, just kind of trying to process it all. And so I picked up a guitar and was, you know, playing Cheryl Crow songs and writing my own songs <laughs> and um, just trying to figure out life, you know, and figure out my feelings and these angsty hormones I was dealing with. And, and, and through that, picking up the guitar, I realized that I actually fell in love with the craft and art of writing songs and singing them for people. Um, there was just something about Um, connecting to a crowd or even just my family through melodies and lyrics. Um, I could say things that I otherwise couldn't just in a conversation. After high school, I was actually at a cheerleading tryout in Norman, Oklahoma, trying out for the University of Oklahoma Cheer, which if anyone listens to this and knows anything about cheerleading, that's a big school for cheerleading it's a big deal
1: it is a big uh, deal
2: yeah yeah and so I tried out and like I said um I was pretty prideful of my cheer <laughs> abilities at that point and so I I of course assumed I'm gonna I'm gonna make it I'm gonna be the next big cheerleader blah 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 and I ended up not making the team mm-hmm. and like you said uh that was probably my first uh personal you know, door kind of slamming in my face where, you know, I had written this picture of my life going this way. Um, and God clearly was, was writing it a different way.
0: And that, that was, that was a big deal. Had you tried out at, for any other schools or was it like, I need to cheer at Oklahoma or I'm not cheering.
1: This is coming from (laughs) a band nerd.
0: So keep that in mind. Like I, I was playing the trombone in high school. So knowing about high school cheerleading college (laughs) dreams, like that's not my jam. So
2: (laughs) Right. Hey, band band is its own thing though. Like right. if you if, you know, trying out for band is it, 100% as competitive as cheer You're and sweet. football. Just a different thing, but um but yeah, I didn't try out for any other school mostly because my stepdad at the time was a big OU fan mm. and and so I was kind of trying to prove to him that, you know, I'm going to go to Oklahoma and make you proud. What's so funny is I'm 27 years old now and I don't I could care less about football or cheer. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean like I'll watch a football game now. Listen, I'm from Texas, so if you do put me in a, in a football stadium or arena or whatever, like I'll I'll go full fan girl. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, that's not my heart at all anymore. So yeah, the, I did try out just for OU at that time.
1: Okay. So obviously not the cheerleader, not in Oklahoma at OU, you, you had a change and all right, I'm going to sidebar here. Survivor, then country music (laughs) writing, and now you are a Christian artist. Okay. Come on, Baylor. Give us a little bit of the connections here between those.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, what's so funny is at that cheerleading trial, I actually ended up meeting the nitty gritty dirt band I don't know if you guys know who that is mm-hmm. oh yes. uh, yeah you and me go fishing in the dark for yeah. everybody else that that didn't know who that was uh because because I remember being 18 and looking at my mom going who are these old guys you know <laughs> and huge country music band um and the lead singer Jeff Hannah and I started chatting and he basically kind of father figured me in that moment and just poured into me and said Baylor what are you doing in Norman Oklahoma and I was like I don't know anymore Jeff and and he was like well do you write songs and I said in my bedroom and he said well play me you know a few and so I did and having no clue that he's written like hit songs and I mean I had no idea and so I played some songs and he's like you need to move to Nashville there's no other place like you need to be there and so that was the first time I felt like God was speaking through somebody. Uh, even though I didn't really know him personally yet, I I could feel, um, just the spirit of God speaking through this man. And so that led me to Nashville. I started going to Belmont university, uh, which is a music school here in town. And halfway through my college career, my mom and I get a phone call from CBS casting director for survivor. Uh, and okay, it that, wasn't wait, wait, just, wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, 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 <laughs> wait. Hey, he's just gonna pick up the phone and call anybody. There's got to be some backstory to <laughs> yeah,
2: that. I know. Yeah, they just dialed a random number. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it was actually the guy who worked on the show at that time used to work for my mom at her cheerleading gym. Oh. So that was the connection. I know. There's so many actually mm-hmm. connecting points. Every time I tell this story, I'm like, only God could have made it this detailed uh and this just sovereign and amazing so so yeah Stephen Smith was my old cheer coach he calls my mom and he's like Missy do you and Baylor want to be on the next season like we need a mother in her 40s and a daughter in her 20s for the next season of Survivor and we need like you know cheerleaders st- type of women and we were like okay <laughs> uh you know Are I mean, you both like, immediately I- in Well, I was a little bit more hesitant, actually, looking back, because I was in college and I was having the time of my life and, Mm. you know, I didn't really want to leave school and and my friends that summer for like eight weeks. Um, And when you're on TV, when you're on a TV show like that, like you have to sign a non disclosure. So like no one could find out where I was. And so there was it was, you know, I definitely counted the cost. But once I said yes, I was all in. Mm. Uh, and, and yeah, so I, I go play survivor. We ended up getting to the top five. I had never watched the show before that. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Uh, it's not like I was practicing tent making and, and building building fires up until that, you know, my, my whole life, that was not my story. I'm a Dallas girl through and through. And so, uh, I didn't know what I was doing, but for whatever reason, you know, I do believe that God gave me and my mom a, uh, a gift of competition, hopefully in a healthy way. Um, and you know, the, that show can definitely twist it and make you kind of go insane in certain areas. <laughs> but, but for us, we, we did pretty well. Um, I, again, I always say this on interviews, just so everyone knows that now follows me in Christian music. I was 20 years old and it was my pre-Jesus life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I didn't really know him yet. And, and that was, Uh, but i was searching and i was seeking and and eventually i found him uh so yeah so then like you said country music happened after that um i had been writing songs in nashville and kind of fell into the country music circuit and genre just because i'm in nashville and ended up signing a publishing deal with brad paisley's company um which was super cool and amazing and i was 20 22 years old i guess 21 and, you know, right out of college signing and writing a prof- like for professional songwriting. Like I had no idea it was that big of a deal. Um, oh, until now, about a year.
1: Baylor, hold on. <laughs> Brad Paisley is probably one of the best songwriters <laughs> in country music. So he is, a big deal. I know,
2: I know. But, you know, I was 21 and I thought I knew it all. And I just <laughs> I, I just didn't really realize what opportunity I was being handed, <laughs> you know. Um, I think a lot of younger folks uh, just we kind of don't realize in that moment that when an older person is pouring into us that we need to be eating that up. My publisher in particular, his name's Chris Dubois. He's uh, he's one of the guys that writes with Brad Paisley for all those number one songs that we all sing along to. He poured into me so much during that deal, during that contract, uh, which is why I now write songs for a living still and sing them. And um, mm-hmm. it was definitely he was definitely a part of helping me um, hone in my craft. So yeah. And then a crazy, amazing Jesus story happened. Mm -hmm. So about halfway through my country music publishing deal, I was, um, let's see, I was 23 years old. I was trying to make it in Nashville. I was in a relationship with a guy that was pretty unhealthy. Um, And my heart started to like basically my mind and heart just started to wonder like is there more like I feel like I'm missing something I don't understand like this isn't working out I'm not finding satisfaction in the applause of a crowd like what's going you know what I mean and um and so I'm sitting at this coffee shop one day and a friend of mine who is also in music comes running up to me we went to college together and I hadn't seen her in a couple years and she looks different and I could feel the light, like, radiating off her face. Um, and and was, I was like, what is different about this girl? And she comes over, and she's like, Baylor, hey, how are you? And, and we were squealing like women do and girls do when you see someone that you haven't seen. And I'm sure the whole quiet coffee shop was like, can we get these two out of here? Uh, but we were so excited, and she basically proceeded to tell me about this worship night that she had been attending every Friday night. It was called Freedom Fridays. And she was like, you have to come. Jesus is there. You're going to love it. And of course, in my head, like I was, you know, always a pretty positive girl at that point. Like I wanted to go and, you know, I always wanted to be where anyone happy was. Like I just wanted to be where the party was, honestly, um, it, whatever that looked like. And so I was like, okay, I'll be there. And having no idea that my entire life was about to change. Uh, and so that Friday I show up to this address she sends me. And it was not at a church. It was at an auto body car shop of all places. They didn't have a building yet and they, they didn't have a space to meet. And so somebody in that little group offered, you know, their, their workspace, which is so funny. So I show up to the worship night and I walk in and what I experienced was his tangible presence, God's tangible manifest presence uh and it just felt like an invisible blanket of love like surrounding me and wrapping me up um they were just worshiping the lord it was just acoustic guitar and voices there was no flashiness or lights or stages and at that point in my little life i really needed the the, the raw real deal um that's that's what kind of captured my attention and i and i always talk about it like this like they their worship was setting the atmosphere for me to be saved. Um, because they, they were worshiping a God that was in the room, his spirit. Um, and I had never experienced that before ever. Uh, and, and whether, you know, I had probably been in places like that before, but my ears were clogged and my eyes were closed to the spirit of God. Um, and so in that moment, God was like, okay, sister, it's time. <laughs> uh It's time, I'm going to open your eyes, I'm going to unclog your ears, and you are going to see me and feel me, and by his grace, receive his love, uh, because I had walked through so much pain and trauma my entire life, and disappointment, and so, you know, my heart was so hardened, and it was only by the grace of God that I was even open to receiving um, love from an invisible God, Uh, and so after that night, I repented, gave my life to Christ, uh, not really realizing that I had received the gospel or, you know, in that moment, I had no idea and went home and started, you know, open my Bible up. It came to life for me. I mean, the Bible before that night was kind of boring to me and it felt like dry bread. And after that night, I mean, I was swimming in it. (laughs) I, all I could do, I mean, I stayed up till three in the morning for weeks, just, just eating the word, um, filling myself up with his truth by his holy spirit and and after that people in country music in these co-write, co-writing sessions would ask me they were like what happened to you you're so different all you want to do is talk about jesus like what in the world you know because like i said i was the party girl a little bit i i hosted the parties and used to go out drinking and um i was that girl and, and then suddenly i just had no interest in any of that and these people were wondering why a lot of people who had grown up in the church were wondering what's the deal yeah. Uh and and I was so I'm just so grateful that God used me in those moments to be like a living testimony of Jesus. And so yeah, I would I would respond. My my short little two word testimony was, Jesus happened. <laughs> <laughs> They'd say, What happened? And I was like, I don't know, but Jesus happened. I
0: love uh, that. And it sounds yeah. like your story is one of lots of different plans changing, you know, opportunities yeah. not panning out, which could come with a lot of disappointment and it sounds like you were able to kind of just keep kind of rolling with the punches and taking the changes. And so we want for our listeners to kind of get some practical tips on how they can process when things don't go as planned in their lives, because this happens to all of us, some of us yeah. a couple dozen times and some of us maybe just a few <laughs> big things that we can really point to. So thinking about, you know, that that initial reaction to finding out you weren't going to go and cheer, which was what you had been working for for so long. Can you remember yeah. your you know initial reaction, maybe some of the emotions that you experienced during that time?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I can remember it like it was yesterday because it was so painful. I mean, I was 18 years old and I had cheered since I was five and suddenly I was rejected by these, you know, cheerleading coaches and judges uh, for whatever reason. At 18, looking back, you know, for me, I don't know if this is everybody's story, but I really did think that I knew it all uh, in a sense. Um, I really thought that my little painted picture of Baylor's future was set in stone it was painted it was you know it was already in a frame on my wall uh and and when that got you know splatter painted or shattered uh it was really painful and I don't know what it was about Jeff Hanna kind of looking at me and just speaking life into me and, and saying well what else are you good at you know like um, what else? What is your gifting? And, and I didn't realize at that time that, yes, cheer was a beautiful gift that came to an end uh, that didn't last forever. And that's OK. But there was another gift that that was being uncovered. And so if I could encourage anybody, um, God gives gifts to his children. And, and that, that's a plural. It's not just one thing. Um, sometimes it is one thing that's very enhanced in your life. Like for me right now in my life, it's Christian music. Um, but, but later, you know, in a couple of years, maybe it's being a mother. Um, you know, all all of that is a gift from God. Uh, and so I think when I started to realize that, okay, I'm not in control of my life. Wow. There was this weight that left me and, and it doesn't leave some people as easily, um, you know, for, for different areas of my life, it didn't leave as easily. For this in particular, when I moved to Nashville, there, there, for some reason, it was like, oh, okay, I'm not in control. Wow. Like, there's there's a God that's way bigger than me. <laughs> uh, and he has a plan for my life. And it's to to prosper and to to thrive and to grow and to become his disciple. Like, now that I've walked through a few other you know, more adult disappointments in my life. One of them being, you know, a broken engagement. That's a good example for in a little bit older um, audience is after that happened. Now I'm married to like this Prince, charming, precious, precious, you know, my friends call him a cherub. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's just so precious. And and looking back at the, the tears that I cried when that, when that happened just a couple of years ago, you know, the disappointment that I felt in that moment, like, oh, wait, okay, now that I'm through that dark tunnel, God, you clearly had a plan. When you're walking through disappointment, it's not for nothing. Like, God didn't just bring you there to just let you cry in your mascara. <laughs> He's there to, to do a deeper work. We don't always understand that, though, in the moment. And so if I could encourage you to just hold on to, hold on to him, uh, in those moments and let him bring you through. And, and, and there is something better on the other side. It's not like, it's not like he just wants you to live a terrible, sad life. Like he is God and he loves his children and he wants us to prosper
0: on this side
1: of heaven. You know, I think one thing that you said, actually several things you just said that, that I'm taking away is the first one though, is we have multiple gifts. Every single one of us have talents and gifts that we may not even have discovered yet. And we need to embrace that, especially when we're disappointed in something that just happened or we thought we were on a road. We need to recognize that there are other things in us that actually can prosper more than we thought the first one could. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, it's beautiful and wonderful when that happens, you know? And I think, I think if we could just open up our hands and have a looser grip on those gifts, like when God does, you know, take one away or maybe just, you know, makes it a little less prominent in our life. It's not so difficult. It doesn't bring so much disappointment. It's like, oh, okay, we're going to move on to this now, God. Oh, okay. I'm okay with that. Instead of like, you know, when like a little kid like clinches onto a toy, but it's time for dinner. It's like, okay, God, God is like, okay, so let's set that down for a second. We need to come eat. We need to rest. You know, we need to move to this area of your life. Um, And he, he directs us. And, and yeah, I think, I think people don't realize how many gifts he gives us. One of them just being a heart to worship him. Like that is a gift.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I love just thinking about your story and how, you know, when you uncovered these gifts that you're now using, you didn't actually know God. I know there are people who are listening to this podcast who know that we're Christians and they're fine with that, but they don't have a relationship with God and may or may not even be open to him. So I think it's really important to recognize Mm. that God is always working in our lives, even if we're not engaging with him. Um, I'm curious if you can think back or, you know, kind of process how you processed, especially before you knew God, how did you approach not understanding the answer to why something did or didn't happen? How do we handle the why when, you know, we're struggling because we don't know the answer?
2: (laughs) I don't know if I'm the girl to respond to that because I just remember weeping. (laughs) (laughs) That's honest though. yeah i i remember the way that i processed was writing songs for me uh just writing through the pain like you know i i don't know i think i definitely dealt with some some deep self-pity um i think all of us tend to do that in those arenas and yes it's okay to to grieve a season ending or you know some a door closing that's that's healthy and awesome but I didn't know that there was hope on the other side of the next door. You know, Um, I didn't know that, that Jesus was the point. I I just figured that, that my life depended on me, all my giftings depended on my ability, my talents. And if let's say like I'd show up to a show and my voice was tired and I couldn't sing, I felt like a total failure instead of like, Oh, maybe I should take a week off. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there was just things like that. Um, So to process through it before knowing, you know, the the answer to why, man, I would just encourage the person to, uh, to surrender. I mean, I know that sounds kind of, kind of simple, but if I would have known that I could surrender me, like the biggest weight of my entire life was me. I was the pressure of perfection and to look beautiful all the time and to sound beautiful and to be, the perfect friend and the perfect girlfriend and the perfect daughter and whatever. And it's like, no, 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 that's not the point. The point is, is I am a daughter of the God of the universe. And, and that first and foremost is my identity. I am his girl. And then everything else flows out of that. And if I could just remember that in the moments of disappointment, I won't take it so personally.
1: Yeah. I like that. And we at this great and grace life, we talk a lot about women's lives going through multiple changes because we do you said you're you know you're a Christian artist now and you may be a mom which may coincide with continuing to be a Christian artist yeah um but we do have changes and sometimes we we stop and go is this a good change is it something that is healthy and beneficial and I would encourage women to embrace every change in their life, to celebrate it, and to realize that it's simply a part of this amazing journey. And it will bring richness and it will bring things mm-hmm. into your life you never knew were going to be there. That's right. I
0: know you mentioned that people asked you what was different about you, and you kind of just said, Jesus happened. And that happens to be the name of your new song. Tell us a little bit about the song and maybe what we can expect coming from you soon.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So after I said those two words a number of times, uh, I was sitting in a co-writing session in uh, a Christian producer's back house one day telling him my story and telling him my testimony. And, and I got to the part where I said, and then I said, Jesus happened, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, wait a second. Have you written that song yet? I was like, <laughs> no but that's a great title and you know and he's like okay well let's write it you know exactly how it happened and so the first verse is what happened to you I hear it all the time they tell me something's different in my words and in my eyes And, and then the chorus is Jesus happened in the blink of an eye every part of my life was changed um and and that song in particular it was my first single uh we we went on radio tour and promoted it this last year I went to like 80 radio stations all around the country and got to meet radio people in Christian music and and sing my song for the Christian audience um, and non-believers, whoever listens to the radio. Um, and it was just such a blessing. And then after that, I wrote three other songs that um, came out on my most recent EP, which is called Joy Comes in the Morning, uh, based on Psalm 30, verse five, which says, though your weeping, may last for the night joy comes in the morning Um, and and that song is an anthem for anyone going through disappointment. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, that's my, that's my way of shaking out of any of my feelings and emotions that don't belong, uh, that are, that are not from God is what I'm trying to say. And so, yeah, that's, that's my music and you can find it um, online and then what's coming soon is touring in the, in the new year. I don't exactly know what tour yet, But we are working on it, and obviously I'm always working on new music. I'm actually currently, no joke, sitting in my car at a Mm -hmm. Christian women writing camp for a project called Faithful. It's Christian music women collaborating, uh, you know, artists and authors,
1: songwriters collaborating for um, women in the church. So, Love that. Absolutely love that. Baylor, you've been a pleasure to get to know, and I know that (laughs) our audience is going to want to pull down your music or upload it or Yay. download it or just get their hands on <laughs> yeah. it so we're, yeah. we're excited to introduce you to this great grace life ladies
2: thank you guys so much for taking the time and and i love meeting virtually via uh, podcast all your listeners for sure thanks baylor bye guys have a good
1: one you too thanks disappointment does hit all of our lives and you know changes in things that we expected to be and finding that the path we thought we were on isn't the one we're on can be very discouraging and indeed disappointing but Romans 5 5 gives us a little bit of encouragement now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts So even when we feel discouraged or disappointed, we know that from God, there's always hope. I'm thinking through some of the things that Baylor shared with us that I know I want to
0: take away from this episode. She encouraged us to be paying attention to what our gifts are. And even when one opportunity closes, it may be time to use another one of our gifts. She said that disappointment is not for nothing. There's always God working in our lives to produce some good thing. And lastly, change is a good thing. And often there's an unanticipated better thing in store for us when we go through a season of change or disappointment. We hope you've been encouraged by this episode. Be sure to check the show notes. Be sure to check the show notes to get more information on Baylor and some related articles you might want to check out at gritandgracelife.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life. Make sure you've subscribed and rated and reviewed the show so more friends can find us. You can also share about this episode on your social media or send it to a friend you think it could help. You can find everything we talked about in this episode on our website, gritandgracelife.com, where you'll also find plenty of other articles from other women answering questions you may have.